Welcome to the Ecclesia Podcast. Join us as we engage in conversations about what it means to be the church in this age. We believe God is calling the church into a different mode of being, living beyond the status quo. Welcome, podcast listeners. My name is Joel. I'm your host for today. Thanks for tuning in to the Ecclesia Podcast. Today I'm joined here uh, by Phil Wagler, our lead pastor here at KGF Church. Hi, everyone. And Javat. Uh, welcome, Javat. Thanks Thank for coming. You. It's good to be here. Um, today we're going to be talking with Javat just about his uh, life um, growing up and now in Kosovo. Uh, he obviously he lives here now, but uh, he's been doing ministry in Kosovo for a number of years. So, Javat, why don't you start by just sharing, um, uh, in a nutshell, if you can, uh, your story about growing up in, in, in Kosovo and your journey meeting Christ. Yeah, I uh, was born and raised in Kosovo. So Kosovo is Southeast Europe. It's in Balkan area. It's uh, I grew up in a Muslim family of uh, nine kids. And uh, bless your parents. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I was the youngest. Uh, well, my sister is youngest than me. And I was the trouble one. So it's always, you know. <laughs> so yeah, growing in a Muslim family, um, we always just... Uh, prayed and read Quran and we fasted every year for 30 days um, and then we celebrated every Muslim uh, holiday that was there uh, but for me I will I never actually had that like connection with it it was just more like a following my parents and my siblings mm-hmm. and then uh, we grew up being poor we didn't have absolutely nothing because in it was under a communism that time too wow. so we uh, were not allowed to basically my dad was uh, when i was seven he lost his job and mm-hmm. everything from there just went downhill so and it was pretty hard growing up as a kid not having nothing and um so yeah that's those times were pretty rough mm-hmm. um and then up to from that time in Kosovo, it was just getting worse and worse in, yeah. in terms of everybody was losing their jobs. And then Serbia was getting more control into the place until the war bursted. What year right. was that, Javad? What year was the war? 98 started. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, it, there was a, what, 14,000 people lost their lives, mainly uh, just civilian, like uh, kids, uh, women. Um, it's just because we did not believe what they believed. And uh, we did. Um, they, uh, when the war happened, you know. The, and they, they would have been the Christians. They were yeah, Christian. Yeah. Or... So they, every time before the, uh, the Serbian army would go in the battlefield, they would have the blessings from the priest. Hmm. So that he would bless them and say, "Yeah, you go slaughter them." So, so how did you become a Christian in the middle of that? Uh, we ended up um, well. We were at home, and then the army came and it said, "You've got three minutes to leave." And then we didn't want to leave, so they tried to kill my parents, and they were like pushing, grabbing, you know, everybody, and uh, trying to. Hmm. So for some reason, by God's grace, we were we end up getting out so we we walked all the way to the train station and then everybody was 
It's like a, it reminds me of the Second World War where all the yeah. Jewish people were put in the train. That and, picture of... Yeah, yeah, sent to the concentration camps. And how so old were you? I was 16 that time. And so I we got on the train. I remember they used to stop the train in different places they were trying to get because in that time, in 99, NATO was bombing. Mm. So they were trying mm -hmm. to use us as a bait so NATO can bomb us. And so they can say, oh, look what you guys did, you know, massacre and stuff. So we end up going in the border between Macedonia and Kosovo. And that's where we stayed for like a couple months in the cold freeze. Just barely any food, you mm. know. When I see a picture that I had from that time, I, I look completely different. I don't mm. even look the same person. Mm. Um, less gray hair, too. Less gray hair, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I've seen in that camp... I'd say probably there were between half a million people or more. Wow. And just all kinds of crazy things going there, you know, especially older people just dying, you know, and young kids. And, and, you know, and at this point, all of all at this point in your life, you had never really heard the gospel, the good news. No, you know? never, never in my dreams. I've, I've, uh, we were always believed that if you do good, then, uh, you know, do all these things for God, and hey, you might. That's <laughs> go Islam, and right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I've never. And then once we went to Macedonia, from there they were NATO camps, and they were asking us, "Hey, there's all these countries in the world that are opening their borders. Where would you like to go?" Hmm. Uh, all of our kids wanted to go to Canada because we heard about Canada and how nice it was. My dad said, nah, that's too far. We're just going to go in Germany. So he signed us up to go to Germany. We went there. And uh, being as a big family, our thing that we had the most in common was that we would hang on together, all the kids. And so we would go down the hill in the streets and just like talk very loud. And this lady comes out and says, hey, where are you guys from? And And we started talking to her and we got into like relationship with her and... And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian and this and that. And she used to tell us about God. And I remember mm. she used to give me these cassettes with worship music. The, the, the old plastic yeah, cassettes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I used to record on top of that, like uh, some other music, like <laughs> pop or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, what is this nonsense? Yeah, I think she was praying mm. about us. So through her, your family were exposed to the... The, I think Jesus. that's where the seed uh -huh. was planted. Um, then after a, a while, um, Kosovo got liberated by NATO. And uh, we had a chance to, I personally had a, was playing professional soccer, just started in Germany. But my, my dad said, no, I'm not going to sign up the contract for you. I was not at the legal wow. age to sign myself. Wow. Uh -huh. And my dad said, no, I'm not going to leave you here by myself. I was like so mad. I was like, this yeah. is my chance. Wow. wow. So then we came back to Kosovo and we started our life from zero. Everything was just gone. Right. So no money, no nothing. I mean, we were given something a little bit from the German government, but that was just absolutely nothing. And um, we started our life from zero, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, But we heard there was this group... Of Americans doing live music in in Pristina in the capital hmm. and said so, well we're just gonna go and see what's going on 
So we went there, there was like drinks and there was live music. And then in the end, these guys would share the gospel. Okay. And I was like, wow. this is weird. But we love to hang on around, you know, with the Americans and, you know, just practicing our English and just, uh... so after a while they asked us to go to the Bible study and I was like, Bible study, this doesn't sound very good to us. You know, this is mm. fearing because what we were destroyed by, we want to, we don't want to really study. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, but after a while, uh, having this good relationship with these missionaries, uh, we decided, me, my two sisters, and my brother, we decided to go to the Bible study. And so we did it for nine months. Wow. Um, we really enjoyed it. You know, For me, every time we read the Bible, there was something special about it because it was like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like it's something is inside of you that void that you have it kind of fills it up mm. and uh, now i understand that that void it's supposed to be only for god mm -hmm. only he can fill it up mm -hmm. so yeah, there's there's so much there's so much in your story that's incredible one of the things i, I think about listening to you and from previous conversations is um even though you grew up in a place, you know, predominantly a predominantly Muslim nation, people, uh, your part of the world where you were born was one of the first places where the gospel came to in the New Testament. Yes, which is really a you know it's a phenomenal thing to think about. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the the Romans fifteen connection to that part of the world? Well, I mean that whole area we the way i was reading online and stuff it's one of the first like uh civilizations you know uh like mo modernization and everything in the was all in that balkan areas mm -hmm. you know like rome um down to greece and so that's where you had the biggest markets biggest uh you know um and reading that story in the bible that was, I was very proud, you know, and then actually in some of the Bibles that we had in, in Albanian language, you had the map of Illyria in the Bible itself. Wow. Which is pretty neat. Totally. Um, but yeah, reading that Paul made that journey and um, preached all the way to... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you think about it, like, so like... You, you reference Romans 15, which is that Paul says, I'm going to go you know, through Illyricum, right? And into that, that's the Balkans. That's the area yeah. you, your family was born in, right? Uh, and you think of the passage of time and the church in its history would have had, you know, there would have been lots of Christians in that area. And then a few hundred years later, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, then Islam rises yeah, Ottoman Empire. Bro. And and so the Ottoman Empire impacts that part of the world, mm -hmm. changes the church. Of course, you weren't born yet then either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then, you know, even when you're born, you have the reality of communism now that's in that part of the world after World War II and the Eastern Bloc nations. But when you think about it now as a, as, as a Christian and then you've gone back to Kosovo as you know to do mission work and to to help the church there 
What do you observe that the church has had to learn in adapting to all these changes? Like, what, what does it mean to be the church when in some ways the church has been completely out of control of how things will happen and change? Well, I know for sure that buildings itself has gone from Catholic to Orthodox and back and forth. Mm. So if it was like uh, Slavic, they would take that uh, Catholic church and turn it into an Orthodox church. So there's so many churches in Kosovo, at least, that have turned from Catholic to huh. So Orthodox. even the buildings have shifted. The, even the buildings have shifted. Mm. Um, as far as uh, for like um, Protestant church, um, there's not really any, you know, it's just it's been since 1994, there were only two people were uh, Christians like uh, in Kosovo wow. and that's um, that's amazing because uh, from there from those two people uh, now there's like thousands and thousands of people but like you said yeah there's none like uh, the, the churches has adapted a lot uh, I've some say that that some churches were turned into mosques uh, like and um, an Ottoman Empire tried as hard as possible to ruin everything that was like Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, so they could say, "Hey, we were here a long time ago." Mm -hmm. So, and that that's very hard because you sometimes when they're digging, they find all kinds of stuff um, from long time ago. Uh, but you know that in most places has been it's ruined everything you know they've destroyed everything and there's there, so there's literally like a layered history of mm -hmm. uh the passage of time with that the passage of you know cultures and religions and all these things and yet here you are as um muslim background uh now believer in jesus thought you'd maybe want to go to canada and here you are living in canada yes uh, like you know, one of the challenges for like a church like ours, KGF, and, you know, all the churches now here in Kelowna or across our country with COVID is there's a, a lots of adaptation, having to figure out what, you know, who are we now? How do we function? Like, what does your, not only your people's history, but your own story and your experience of ministry in Kosovo, what, like, how do you see this moment we're in? as the church in Canada, what would you say to us from your story? Well, looking at like how God allowed the war to happen in Kosovo. I mean, if it didn't happen, I would probably never know Jesus. Hmm. Wow. Um, I was just having a, a talk with one of my friends from the States. He's a missionary and he's trying to raise support. And we had a meeting, me and him, and he believes strongly that COVID is part of uh, God loved COVID because he goes in the streets and uh, speaks and he said there's amazing amount of people that come and uh, accept Jesus and he said if it wasn't for COVID nobody would have come to him hmm. well I, I, this wonderful book that you uh, you have called the hand of God which is faith testimonies from the war in Kosovo and your story's in here yes and people out there in podcast land could I'm sure get a copy if they'd reach out. Um, but there's this fascinating quote in here that was like, I just wanted to, to reference it because it's, it's really encouraging. It just says this, 
all these testimonies in this book confirm a biblical record that God can turn the evil for good, curse into blessing, danger into delivery, death into life, and that God works through difficult circumstances and allows them to happen for one reason only, that people can know him, taste him, and receive his grace. That's your story, like what mm-hmm. you just said. I just wonder, like, guys, like, in this moment we're in, um, like, what I get excited about is how we're learning, you know, as followers of Jesus to adapt and learn and grow. And what what, what do you see as the opportunities or what do we need to awaken to maybe uh, in a time like this rather than get fearful or scared or Lord knows you've lived through enough things to make you afraid. Um, but like, what should be our perspective now in a time like this? Well, I mean, it's those times can be really hard because all of my journey to becoming a Christian, it was extremely hard. I I knew that I'm not gonna make it because of how how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't get killed, I knew that I probably will just die from hunger or something. Uh-huh. Um, so, but <clears throat> my my message to people is that we use this time where the rest of our world is fearing, and just showing them, you know, that we're living in faith. Um, I mean, Christians in Kosovo live in faith all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people don't have jobs, like especially young people. Most of them don't have jobs because it's still taking so long. <clears throat> and the relationship between Kosovo and Serbia is still really bad. Mm-hmm. And ne- neither side wants to give up. And so because of that, uh, um, European Union does not want to include neither one. In yeah. that. So uh, people are stuck. But the Christians, they are, you know, they have what they have, but they go to church all the time. They have like um, Bible studies and they go in the streets and they speak Hmm. Um, because they believe that, you know, God is there to protect you. I mean, if you lose your life, we know where we're going to end up, you know. (laughs) Uh, that's our insurance. So, yeah, that's our hope, right? So I mean, mm. you could the COVID is there. I mean, but if you don't get COVID, you can just go out and get hit by a car or something. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't be careful. Uh, always you should be careful. Uh, but we are not made to be fearful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we're we're made to be like soldiers for God for His uh, kingdom. Um, were called that was his last message from Jesus was go and make disciples mm-hmm. what are you, what are you learning now uh, you know with your personal story but now you live here in Kelowna you you have a job you're a, you're a dad uh, you're a husband life's full what are you observing about the the people you work with like what is the hunger in people's lives these days what are you what are you experiencing in I I was just actually yesterday, uh, I felt like a little bit kind of drawn down, just drawn down by, by all the stuff that we accumulate, um, new car, new job. And, and my work is like push, push, push to make more money, push, push, push to make more. Mm-hmm. And then in that process, you're breaking so many relationships. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you're becoming like a computer, uh, basically. You just like do this, do this all the time, and then you know, people are getting mad, people are getting frustrated because there's no relationship there. It's just push, push, push to make more money. And I just just feeling down just a couple of days ago is I felt like I had like a rock swallowed, just mm-hmm. couldn't move. And it's like, when are we going to just say, you know, I have enough, you know, and when, cause my birthday is coming and everybody's asking me, what do you want for birthday? I was like, really, I just don't want anything. It's like, just take what is you want to give it to me and just give it to somebody who doesn't have, hmm. uh, because you give me more and I'm just going to need more space to put that stuff. I'm going to use it probably once or twice, but that's it. Well, what you're describing, happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> when is it? Uh, October 18th. Oh, right. 17th, the sorry. There you go. Mine's the 19th. Oh, oh two days. Almost birthday buddies here. Almost. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so for me, Christmas is very hard. Yeah. I, I dread so much celebrating christmas what, because of all the the materialism consumerism yeah i mean it's, it. it's crazy it's mm. for me i dread it i never wanted to celebrate so and what but what you're describing java and i think you know many people feel this like i feel this at points is like when when the spirit of god is at work in us and we understand the kingdom of god perspective mm-hmm. these things uh it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with them but they they can become a weight or like a stone like you described and and we also start to know this isn't real life to have this stuff no. and so what i'm you know encouraged by wondering about in this season that the church finds itself now and we as believers find ourselves now is a chance to reassess all these things from a kingdom perspective mm-hmm. and it starts to awaken the opportunity for us to think differently about who we are as God's people in this moment in time and and you're you're encouraging me to keep thinking that way and for us as a church to understand more and more what it means to you know in these times we have to adapt to to figure out what that means and what that looks like and not to be afraid so mm-hmm. it's uh wow. Yeah. I mean, it does say, like, if I can feed the birds. I'll uh, look after you. I'll look yeah. after you. I mean, for me, I've been in both sides, uh, not having absolutely nothing and having enough. And uh, when I became a Christian and I didn't have enough, I was every day looking to God. Mm-hmm. And as my relationship was always there. And sometimes now I feel like I've, I can do it myself trying to train myself to the first thing that I do in the morning is read the Bible and pray. And, um, uh, I think what you just said is crucial, right? Like we have this, we're, we're in a time where we're being reminded again that our only hope is to cry out to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we can be people who are learning that and practicing it, Mm -hmm. like you've seen and experienced the power of that, but it's so amazing how quickly we can forget that, right? Like how quickly we go, oh, yeah, I f- yeah, that's actually how I, there's an adventure in living that way. And yeah. and for us as a church, it's an adventure to live that way. God, we need you now. Help, right? Like it's uh, but so personally, but also corporately as a group of people for us to serve the king in that way with that kingdom of God perspective. 
that must be like you said that's an ongoing reality for the church in kosovo now yes <laughs> yes um i'm not saying that you shouldn't have stuff but uh just i mean maybe enough to don't make it the main thing yes not, yes not the main thing that's not your uh wealth should be in heaven not on earth mm. yeah where the thief comes and steals it but the one in heaven nobody can steal it i have a question maybe just as we start to wrap up here um if you had one minute 60 seconds to speak into the life of the church in canada um, knowing what you know about how God works and how God grows his church, what, how would you encourage his church in Canada if you had one minute? I think that one thing that always bothered me is wherever I spoke in the churches, they gave me three minutes to speak about God. And Joel just gave and you just one gave minute. You one. He gave me so. one minute. <laughs> no, we had 25 to talk about God. No, no, this is one no, minute no, to one, That's one thing. Church. It's that they should let people mm -hmm. uh, be part of the church. They should let kids come to the front. Um, there's so much people can offer, but I think people are afraid because even the churches are saying we have 45 minutes. If we go any longer, we're going to die. Um, so churches in Kosovo, sometimes they go from 10 in the morning, 9 in the morning until like 2, 3 o'clock is just that relationship mm. and mm -hmm. it just makes it stronger um we don't want to be like businesses we don't yeah. want to be nine to five uh, type of thing where yeah. and i love that you guys have invited me to come and speak i mean mm -hmm. and there might be so many people out there in here in canada in our church that have like amazing stories that they can share with us and that's how we encourage one another that's how we uh, love one another by bringing everybody together and, and what, what you've just said javad is so much behind our desire as we're creating hubs because we want people connected that yeah. being the church isn't a it's not a one-hour event yeah but you got to squeeze yeah. it's like relationships where yeah. where kids like your son is interacting with seniors and you have you have you have an interaction and disciple making happen and and life kind of slows down to the main things yeah. this is our deep desire for people because i i believe I mean, what you're saying helps us move into real transformation of life mm -hmm. uh, and of course and during covid everybody feels disconnected from everybody so the more we can bring people together I just really appreciate you highlighting the need for that because that really is our desire now is to see people connect for that transformational work of the yeah. spirit. And then the churches there, what they're adopting is they're uh, equipping like a married couple, young ones, and they'll say, hey, you have one year. We're going to pray for you every time. Hmm. And we're going to train you. And then we're going to take you to this city and you're going to open a new church. Wow. So I just heard that there are two new churches <clears throat> that they open in different cities. So they're trying to make every city to have a church awesome. that's uh, open. Wow. I sometimes go like, I don't know how you guys make the church happen, like, because there's no money. Mm -hmm. Like, and these guys are working full time and then going and running the churches and everything. It's pretty neat. I mean, uh, 
because we know that churches, for example, in Europe, they're dying. Um, you've got like 20, 10 people in every church, and they're mainly older people. And then in this beautiful way, the same thing that happened in Romans chapter 15 with Paul going into that area where there was no church. Mm-hmm. Now it's happening again. Yeah, I mean, it's so happening again. It's happening again. So the work of the kingdom continues and God's raising up new people. Mm-hmm. And to... uh, Kosovo is reminding me of South Korea, uh, where I think that's probably the only place in Europe where the churches are just exploding. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the places is not the same. Yeah. Um, but that place is such a small place, but it's just booming with Christians. Yeah and churches yeah well thank you thank you Javad, for coming on today um yeah, we may need to have you back to hear more of your story um to get us excited again about how god is working around the world um yeah would you would you be willing just to pray for us just pray for kgf uh as a church i could do it in english or albanian whichever Ooh, let's do albanian half and half maybe okay. half and half. i always like a combination <laughs> <laughs> pray for us as we close up Okay, thank you, God, for uh, opportunity to be part of your kingdom. Thank you for uh, letting me and us uh, and calling us to be part of your kingdom among billions of people. And that's such a privilege, God. And um, we are sinners. We make so many mistakes, but we're with you, God, and uh, you're with us. And uh, just pray that this message that we recorded today will uh, encourage others to uh, stand up and uh, rise for Jesus and uh, go out there and share the gospel. Uh, The world needs us now the most. And I know you've been calling us, God. And I pray for every person in this church that you will equip them and uh, use them for your kingdom, God. The translation is, thank you, Jesus, for everything you do for us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, listeners, for tuning in today. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, help us reach even more people by leaving a review, like, or share on your favorite platform. If you have any questions or comments, email us at podcast at kgfchurch.com. 